Hey there, future friends. This week, we pay homage to the great Cornholio, we pay homage to the king, and we pay homage to landlines because they might just save our life. This is the week of June 24th, 2022, and you are listening to Future Flicks with Billiam. everyone welcome back to the show it is that time again uh i didn't do an episode last week like i thought i might you know at one point i promised i'd do two episodes which never happened but i am back now with the movies from this week and in case you're new let me tell you what it is i do here on this show i talk about all of the movies coming out during the week i break them up into two categories first is the limited release section that's any movie that's not getting a nationwide or major streaming release and also did nothing to catch my eye they could still be fine movies but the trailer premise something about it either just didn't speak to me or i actively didn't like it but as john carter reminds us trailers can lie in this section i tell you what the movie is what it's about and who's in it maybe i give a thought or two and then we move on in the wide releases and interesting indies i tell you what the movie is who's in it, what it's about, and I do give some thoughts on it. And then I wrap all those thoughts up with a Billiam's interest level score, aka the Bill score, which can go anywhere from a zero for those horrible looking films to an 11 for those films that take it up an extra notch. I then wrap it all up with a pick of the week, which I say, hey friend, if you go see one movie this week, this has the best chance of being good. Check that out. So as some of you may know, my wife recently came back from Wales and whenever she went out to a store, she'd keep an eye out for a movie she knew I didn't have, but I have a lot of movies, so it's not that easy for her to keep track. Not that easy for me to keep track. If it wasn't for this Blu-ray app I have that keeps track of everything I have, I probably would have purchased something multiple times. In fact, I've purchased Argo two or three times, I think. But she did find one movie I didn't have, a movie that I forgot about starring Bill Nye called Dad's Army. So I look forward to checking that out. It's a British World War One or two movie. I forgot what it is, but it's like it's a comedy and I, I look forward to it, especially because I don't remember this movie at all. I don't even remember seeing an ad for it. And let's be honest, that's not that shocking, right? Because how many movies come out each week? And if it wasn't for you listening to this show, how many of these films would you miss and have no idea about? This week is a big week. It has 18 movies coming out, only two of them nationwide, and three of them coming to a big streaming service. So it really seems like this is one of those weeks where they're in between big things. And it is a good time because next week we have Minions, The Rise of Gru. Last week we had Lightyear. And... I I just don't care about Lightyear. I don't. Call me crazy, but I don't give two flying shits about this movie. Will I watch Lightyear? Yes, I will. Definitely. Once it comes to Disney+. Plus. But as of right now, I, I could care less. 
Minions, The Rise of Gru. Yes, I am excited for that. I like the Minions and the Despicable Me series. I think it's a really good series, but I have no problem waiting to see those in theaters. But I have no problem waiting for a Minions movie to come to video so I can just buy it and watch it as much as I want. The next big one we have is July 8th, Thor, Love and Thunder. And that's why I think we have so many films coming out this week. So we have two weeks until the next Marvel movie. And actually, there was a lot of stuff that came out last week. I missed quite a few stuff. So I think a lot of these companies are taking advantage of the fact that there's a couple weeks before the next huge thing comes out. Well, let's not beat around the bush anymore and jump into the limited section with the first film called Beba or Beba. I think it's Beba. A stunning self-portrait, tough, raw, stubborn, and powerful. Beba stares down the curses of her ancestry, probing the psychic wounds she has inherited while simultaneously embracing the vastness of her multitudes. This stars Rebecca Hunt, who only did two things, Hey Koro, a short movie, and 1-800-LOVABLE. Look, I'm really torn about self-portraits, or even when it comes to books, like memoirs and stuff. Like, what do you have to say that is important? Right now, I'm listening to a memoir that's really good called All Boys Aren't Blue by George M. Johnson, someone I'd never heard of. And if I'm being perfectly honest, I never would have picked that book up. Because why would I want to read a memoir about someone I've never even heard of? But my wife read it, really liked it, and now I'm reading it. But unfortunately, Rebecca Hunt didn't really do anything in the trailer to make me say, hey, yes, this is something I need to see. Next up, we have a film that actually came out to video on demand on the 20th, so came out on Monday, called Doula. After the sudden death of her midwife, an L.A. couple hire her son to be their live-in doula. This stars Troy and Belisario from Pretty Little Liars, Aaron Shiver from Boardwalk Empire, and Robert Baker from Supergirl. And apparently this is executive produced by Chris Pine, and he also has a small role in it. But no matter how much I like Chris Pine, I'll probably skip this. We have a, another video on demand film coming out on the 21st. So on Tuesday, by the time you're listening to this episode, both Dula and this have already been out. A young American woman moves with her husband to Bucharest and begins to suspect a stranger who watches her from the apartment building across the street may be a local serial killer decapitating women. This stars Micah Monroe from It Follows, Carl Glussman from The Neon Demon, and Byrne Gorman from The Expanse. And you know what? I think I'm just going to skip anything horror-related with Micah Monroe in it, because It Follows was hot garbage, and this doesn't look any better. Next up, we have La Pasajera, I think is how it's called. The occupants of a van transporting a wounded excursionist have to avoid sitting next to her during the trip, probably because she stinks. This is a movie from Spain, and it's a horror. So if you want to watch a foreign horror, maybe this is for you. Next up, we have a movie called Apples. Amidst a worldwide pandemic that causes sudden amnesia, middle-aged Aris finds himself enrolled in a recovery program designed to help unclaimed patients build new identities. This is a movie from Greece, and this premise has promise, but the trailer did not. Next up, friends, a movie called Flux Gourmet, set in an institute devoted to culinary and ailmentary performance, a collective finds themselves embroiled in power struggles, artistic vendettas, and gastrointestinal disorders. Yeah, right? 
This stars Asa Butterfield from Ender's Game and Gwendolyn Christie from Game of Thrones. And despite that interesting cast, this looks so, so stupid. When people make fun of indie movies, this is what they're making fun of. It looks awful. Next up, my friends, we have a movie called Olga. A 15-year-old Ukrainian gymnast exiled in Switzerland who is working to secure a place at the country's national sports center. Oh, that's a whole sentence. They think that's a complete sentence. Okay, cool. Moving on, when the Euromaiden revolts break out in the country, anxieties rise as her family gets involved. See, that was a fine sentence right there. You know how to do it. This is a movie from Switzerland and Ukraine, and it could potentially be good and important, especially with what's going on in Ukraine now, but the trailer just made it look like it lacked any sort of heart. Three movies left in the limited section, and next up we have a movie called Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. This is a feature adaptation of the animated short film featuring a mollusk named Marcel. This features the voice of Jenny Slate, and it looks stupid. Like, I... Again, somewhere in here is a good idea. Somewhere in here is something interesting, but it just doesn't look like it came out. It stayed in its shell. No, Mr. Mollusk, you have to come out and bloom. You can't do that. Next up, a film called Harmony. In the very near future, Sophia, a wounded soldier, discovers the medical facility she has been placed in is not for her and her fellow soldiers' recovery, but something far more devious. So she sets out to uncover the true purpose of Harmony. This stars no one of note. And it looks bad, but it looks more interesting than almost anything I've talked about so far. Like If I have to pick any movies in this to watch, maybe Harmony, uh, Beba, and this next one called Cryo. In an underground facility, five scientists wake from cryo sleep with no memory of who they are or how long they've been asleep. They soon make a shocking realization a killer is hunting them down there and may even be hiding among them. This stars no one of note either. Okay, my listeners, my, my future friends, I have an honest question. Do you ever want me to talk more about the limited section? Because that was really quick. That was about eight minutes of me just listing a movie and what it's about, who's in it, blah, blah, blah. All that shit. I will go into more detail as always in the next section, but... Is the limited section worth it to you? As always, if I get feedback, I will be shocked. But my future friends, let's take our only break before we jump into the wide releases and interesting indies. So we'll be right back with the rest of the show. Stay tuned. Are you looking for a nerd podcast that touches on every walk of nerd culture? Well, look no further. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is the podcast for you. We cover nerd culture, news, new movie reviews, bad movie reviews, video games, comics, with sprinkles of nerdy nostalgia throughout. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is a flagship podcast of the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Find us on every podcast app or stream it on somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Robbie. And we host a show called We're, We're Doing, Doing Fine. Fine. We're friends from across the ocean. I'm from Scotland. And I'm from California. Join us every week as we chat about biscuits. You mean cookies? Brexit. Whatever's going on here. Who knows? Almost dying. Why we're single. Popular culture. And basically everything and anything that can distract us from this postmodern hellscape we're all living in. Because we're, we're doing, doing fine. fine. All right, we're back with the first 
wide release, which is a movie called Civil coming out on Netflix on the 19th. So the day I'm recording this, Sunday, June 19th, Crump's mission to raise the value of black lives as a civil lawyer for the families of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, black farmers, and banking while black victims, Crump challenges America to come to terms with what it owes his clients. This is a documentary. And something that Ben Crump says is something that I've heard said before, in different ways, of course. But especially today, I'm I'm recording this on Juneteenth. What Ben Crump says is the best way to get the police and people to stop murdering black people is to make them pay. And not pay with things like jail time and other punishments like that, but money. One of the social justice people I follow on TikTok said something along the lines of, if every African-American had life insurance, the death tolls would go down. So not just today, Juneteenth, not just ever since Black Lives Matter movement started, not since George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, not just since Tamir Rice, or even go back a little farther to Emmett Till, this documentary and what Ben Crump is doing I think it's something very important to talk about no matter when. So this is on Netflix right now. Most of us have Netflix, so go and watch this. Civil gets a 10 out of 11. The thing I have to say is that while I do think that this is the most important movie of the week, hell, hell, maybe even of the month, year, I don't know, but this is a very important movie, I don't generally make documentaries the pick of the week. But maybe if one comes out that looks like it's going to blow my f***ing mind, maybe I will. Next up, my friends, we have a movie that I never thought I would say. Something that I didn't think we would ever see again, even with our current love of nostalgia. And that movie is called Beavis and Butthead Do the Universe. After a creative judge sentences them to space camp, a black hole sends our adolescent heroes 24 years into the modern future where the duo misuses iPhones, embarks on a quest to score, and becomes targets of the deep state. This is a Paramount Plus original movie and features the voices of Mike Judge, Gary Cole, Stephen Root, Tig Notaro, Chi McBride, Jimmy O. Yang, Martin Starr, and Chris Diamantopoulos, or however you say it. Diamantopoulos, I think it is. Shit, man, more Beavis and Butthead. Um, okay, I, I guess. Here's the thing. This movie doesn't look bad. It looks like basic Beavis and Butthead. If you watched the show, if you liked Beavis and Butthead do America, uh, didn't they try to reboot it a while back? If you liked that reboot, I think that this is just more of that. If you loved Beavis and Butthead, check this out. Why not do it? But really? Beavis and Butthead in 2022? Yeah, sure. Okay. I might even watch this one day. Who knows? But this week... No way in hell. When I was watching the trailer, I couldn't help but thinking that the trailer looked predictable. Like the jokes they were making, everything that was going on, I I fully expected from Beavis and Butthead. But is that bad? Is it really? Like I think it would have been worse if they tried to do a Beavis and Butthead movie and tried to reinvent them. With something like this, just do what the fans want what the fans know just release that don't do anything different don't try and change things up don't try and reinvent them just do the same thing like if they did a daria movie if daria got a movie do the same and after this i would 
100% not be surprised if they did a Daria movie or even a critic movie. Do you remember the critic with John Lovitz? That was fun. But, but you know what? Seriously, if any of you watch this movie, let me know what you think. In fact, I would like it if any of you just reached out, said hi, give me a movie opinion, ask me a question. That'd be fun. I'm here. But my friends, Beavis and Butthead do the universe. I can't give it anything more than a five out of 11. Next up, we have a film called Press Play. This is getting a limited theatrical release and a video on demand release. But not just video on demand. I think it's a able to buy online. So you're not renting it. You're actually owning the film, which means it's going to cost a lot more. A young woman has the chance to save the love of her life when she discovers that the mixtape they made together can transport her back in time. You heard me right. Travel through time via mixtape. This stars Clara Rugard from I Am Mother, Lewis Pullman from Top Gun Maverick, he played Bob, Danny Glover from Lethal Weapon, Matt Walsh from Veep, and Lyrica Okano from Runaways. If you've heard the show before, you may have heard me say something along the lines of, I don't mind tropes. I don't mind things like that. Just try and do something different. Just try and do at least something a little different, and I don't care if the rest is standard of the genre. And this is kind of doing something like that, where we have this woman who loses her her husband or her boyfriend or someone very important to her that she loves, and she finds herself listening to the mixtape they made, and she goes back in time to the very moment they first heard that song together. So she goes back in time and is trying to help save his life, but is having a hell of a time doing it. And Danny Glover, who's now the old wise person, is saying, you know what? I think that he was just supposed to die. Maybe that's why saving him isn't that simple. But she's like, nope, I gotta do it. I gotta try and save him. Kind of like thinking of the movie Frequency with Jim Cleviezel and Dennis Quaid, but instead of father and son and a ham radio, it's two lovers and a mixtape. I don't think this is going to be a particularly good movie. I think this is going to be fun. I think there's something to keep your eyes out for because I think this is an interesting take on something so very familiar that I think it would be worth keeping on your radar. I know I'm, I'm going to keep it on my radar. Will I purchase it? Probably not. Not unless I see it really cheap. But hell, if I get to see it somewhere else, I will give this a shot. Press play gets a six out of 11. All right, friends, next up, we have a movie called Rise. This is a Disney Plus original documentary based on the real life story about the family that produced the first trio of brothers to become NBA champions in the history of the league. And you you know what? I actually don't have much to say about this because I'm not a big basketball fan. But if anyone can get me to care about basketball, it's going to be a documentary, especially done by someone as good at doing this as Disney is. Say what you will about Disney, but they know movies. They do. You could be one of those hoity-toity haters that just can't stand a Marvel movie or anything by Disney. And if so, thanks for listening to me. That's still pretty cool, right? But they can make things exciting through the art of documentary making. And I think that's what Disney has going for it with this movie called Rise. Rise gets a 6 out of 11. My future friends, four movies left this episode, and the next one is called Murder at Yellowstone City. This is a limited release movie. A former slave arrives in Yellowstone City, Montana, 
a desolate former boomtown now on the decline looking for a place to call home. On that same day, a local prospector discovers gold and is murdered. This stars Isaiah Mustafa from It Chapter 2, Thomas Jane from Deep Blue Sea, Anna Camp from Pitch Perfect, Zach McGowan from The 100, and Gabriel Byrne from The Usual Suspects. Oh, and I forgot someone, Richard Dreyfus from Mr. Holland's Opus. Can't believe I almost forgot Richard Dreyfus. So this is a Western, and I enjoy myself a Western. Even if, thanks to Adam Conover from Adam Ruins Everything, I realize most of them are completely fictional, and cowboys as we know it from the movies never existed. But that doesn't mean I can't watch these movies as pure entertainment. So we have this guy, makes his way into town, and the day he shows up, this prospector dies, and everyone's like, hey, look, this black guy just came into town. Maybe he did it. So he gets locked up, but the local preacher, played by Thomas Jane, doesn't believe he did it. So wants to help him. So it's mostly about Isaiah Mustafa and Thomas Jane. That's right, the Punisher and the Old Spice guy working together to find out who murdered this person and doing a bunch of gunslinging. Because it turns out this preacher who preaches against murder and the gold rush and all that stuff, I think, here's my, here, here's my prediction, I think he's a retired gunslinger. And I was about to say, I think this is going to be the best looking Western in a long time. But then I completely forgot that The Harder They Fall came out last year with Jonathan Majors, Zazie Beetz, Regina King, Lakeith Stanfield, and Idris Elba. That is a great cast. So, so this movie, Murder at Yellowstone City, is going to be the best Western since The Harder They Fall came out. And together, those two are going to be the best Westerns we've seen in a while. Westerns are a good genre. They are. But I think they needed to change with the times. And now we're seeing that happen. Because you know what? There were people of color in the Wild West. And they did more than just be the hired help or the bad guys. But the problem with this film, the problem that movies like this have when they're releasing the theaters is that when it comes to non-nationwide releases, it's hard to find places that are guaranteed to have that film. I have two independent theaters relatively close to my home. And even they aren't always up to date. Maybe a movie I have talked about like three, four weeks ago will just be coming out in that theater this week. Because with indie movies, with things that aren't getting nationwide releases, with things that don't have major studio backing... It's not as important to get them out the minute they are released. So if you could find this movie somewhere, I would 100% consider giving it a shot. But there are two other movies coming out this week that look really good. Murder at Yellowstone City gets an 8 out of 11. All right, my future friends, the final streaming movie of the week is called The Man from Toronto. The world's deadliest assassin and New York's biggest screw-up are mistaken for each other at an Airbnb rental. This stars Kevin Hart from Central Intelligence, Woody Harrelson from Natural Born Killers, and Kaylee Cuoco from The Big Bang Theory. You know when I talk about reliable movies? Movies that aren't going to be great. Movies you're not going to remember. But movies that are good to save because maybe you know they'll make you laugh. Maybe at the very, very least, if not good, they'll be entertaining. My friends, welcome to the man from Toronto. I just rewatched the trailer to make sure I got everything right and eh, 
I mean, it looks okay. They said that this, uh, the trailer said that this is from the creators of the Hitman's Bodyguard, and you could tell. It just seems like they took the same equation for the Hitman's Bodyguard and just changed things around. Instead of a Hitman and a Bodyguard, it's a assassin and the guy pretending to be him. But we have an action comedy with two people who are proven in the action comedy world. Kevin Hart, action comedy, is a very good genre for him. Central Intelligence, I thought was really good. Woody Harrelson, fantastic actor all around and can definitely do this. So while everything about this movie says to me it's reliable, nothing about it shook me and said, watch me this weekend. It didn't. It just said, hey, one day you might be really bored and you're looking for something to watch. And this pops up and you're like, well, shit, why not now? And then you'll watch that movie and it will be okay. You'll be, you'll laugh. You'll have a good time. Maybe you might quote it once or twice to anyone else who's seen it, but that'll really be it. The Man from Toronto is this week's epitome of doesn't look good, but doesn't look bad. If you like these kind of movies, I would 100% put this on your Netflix list and then forget about it until that magic day when it's the right time. The trailer unfolded very predictably with Kevin Hart being mistaken for Toronto and the cops arresting him and going, oh, hey, if they think you're Toronto, we want you to pretend to be him more so we can capture the actual guy. Guess who gets him? The actual man from Toronto, Woody Harrelson. And Woody Harrelson wants him to keep pretending to be him too. And then someone finds out and then they're after both of them to kill them. It unfolds exactly how you think it would. And that's not really a bad thing for a movie like this, but unfortunately it doesn't add to the watchability or at least how important it is to watch it quick. This is a movie that can sit and gather dust on your list 100%. The Man from Toronto gets a 6.5 out of 11. My future friends, I, I didn't have as big of a problem picking the pick of the week as I thought I would. We have two nationwide releases coming out that, that are positioned perfectly in between the Disney summer monopoly. But this movie, the next movie I'm going to talk about, the one that's not the pick of the week, it just didn't excite me as much as the other one did. So let's talk about the movie that's not the pick of the week, and it's called Elvis. From his childhood in Tupelo, Mississippi, to his rise to stardom in Memphis, Tennessee, and his conquering of Las Vegas, Nevada, Elvis Presley becomes the first rock and roll star and changes the world with his music. This stars Austin Butler from Once Upon a Time in Mexico, Tom Hanks from a show called Bosom Buddies, Olivia DeJong from The Visit, and Dacry Montgomery, I think is his name, from Stranger Things. Uh, he played that ass Billy. So Elvis is written and directed by Baz Luhrmann. Baz Luhrmann, of course, from movies like, or the person behind, Australia, Moulin Rouge, Romeo and Juliet, The Great Gatsby. He is a type of director who just does something when he wants to. And when he does do a movie, it makes headlines. Romeo and Juliet was a big deal. Moulin Rouge, big deal. Australia, big deal, even though it didn't do well. Lots of people talked about it. Great Gatsby, big deal. And this, we have a biopic about the king himself, 
Elvis. And it seems like it's also going to focus on his relationship with Tom Parker or Colonel Tom Parker, who is played by Tom Hanks in this movie. So if you look up Colonel Tom Parker, a lot of the things people ask is, did Tom Parker steal from Elvis? How much did he steal from him? Is he responsible for his death? Things like that. Because remember, especially back in that day, I mean, it's still happening today probably, but back in that day, it is not uncommon for a manager or an agent or someone to fuck over their clients. And it seemed like Parker had a big, big influence over Elvis Presley. So Austin Butler is being added to a long and impressive list of people who have played Elvis. We have Jonathan Reese Myers, Kurt Russell, of course, being one of the better ones, I think. Harvey Keitel, David Keith, Bruce Campbell, if you remember Bubba Hotep, Michael Shannon, Val Kilmer. Yes, I'm reading from a list. If you're a fan of One Tree Hill, Tyler Hilton played him. And you know what? Just from the looks of the trailer, I have to say that looks like Austin Butler is going to go down as probably one of the better Elvises. And you know what? Only time will tell if he's going to beat Kurt Russell, who is my favorite Elvis outside of the king himself. But if there's one thing you can say about Baz Luhrmann is that he has style. And Elvis, the movie Elvis, reeks of that Baz Luhrmann feeling. Watch his films. Watch Romeo and Juliet. Watch Moulin Rouge. Watch Gatsby. You know what to look for. And then when you watch the trailer for Elvis, you will see it. You will see Baz Luhrmann's touch, whether you like that touch or not. This movie looks good, and it looks like it's going to be a deeper biopic than we have seen so far. Because I think that we have to wait to release movies like this. Like, if they're ever going to do a true, in-depth movie about the Kennedys or anything like that, they are going to have to wait. Because my mom, God bless her, will not hear an ill word about JFK. So I think now is the time for movies like this, where we are still familiar with these people from back then, and are more willing to hear about what really happened. How honest of a telling is this going to be of Elvis's story? I don't know. I hope it's going to be a story that's going to be truer than any we've gotten before, but time will tell. I think this looks like a good movie. I think it looks like a solid movie, and maybe even something that would benefit from the big screen, especially with Baz Luhrmann behind the wheel. But... I think there's one movie coming out this week that looks like it's going to be better. But I'll tell you what, my friends, if you don't like horror, if you don't like thrillers, then Elvis could be for you. It's a very safe bet. And I don't think it's going to do big numbers. So I think if you want, still want to avoid droves of people, this isn't a bad shot. The only thing I didn't like about the trailer was Tom Hanks. And I love Tom Hanks. I think he's a fantastic actor. But in this, he's doing the, some weird accent that I just did not like. So again, hopefully it is a just case of a bad trailer. And maybe he's going to be great because it is the legendary Hanks himself. But Elvis looks like it's going to be a surefire good time. Elvis gets an 8 out of 11. All right, my future friends, it is time for the final movie of the week, and that is the pick of the week, which is called The Black Phone. This is the final nationwide release. After being abducted by a child killer and locked in a soundproof basement, a 13-year-old boy starts receiving calls on a disconnected phone from the killer's previous victims. 
This stars Ethan Hawke from Training Day, Jeremy Davies from Twister, E. Roger Mitchell from Outer Banks, and James Ransom from Sinister 1 and 2. So I've been excited for this film for a while, and I forgot when it was that I first saw the trailer, but what actually caught my eye first was the poster, because the poster was just Ethan Hawke in this creepy-ass mask. So the premise was pretty good for this one. Yes, it's about this child killer who kidnaps kids, keeps them for a while, and then kills them. I don't know what the purpose of keeping them for a while is, because at least from the look of the trailer, there's nothing weird in that sense. Just murder. But the kid's locked in this basement. There's this phone. He tries using it. It's disconnected. Oh, no. But then one night, the phone rings. And it's the ghosts of the dead kids who are trying to help him survive, hoping that the kid can at the very least escape, if not actually get this guy caught. So this is based on a short story by Joe Hill, who is Stephen King's son and is directed and co-written. The script is co-written by Scott Derrickson, who directed the first Sinister movie and who directed Doctor Strange, also did The Exorcism of Emily Rose. So someone who knows what they're doing. Ethan Hawke, not new to horror. He's done a few in his time. I think everything points to this being a good film, something worth a watch. But now the question you have to ask yourself is, do you want to go to the theater in summer to see a horror? Because normally you know what I have to say about that. Why are they releasing a horror at this time of year? Why not save it for October? But if you look at October, we have nothing big in the first two weeks, but the end of the second full week in October has Halloween ends. The third full week has Black Adam. So those are two movies I can see this one not wanting to go up against. Though I don't really see why I didn't try to do late September, like uh, September 30th is the last Friday of that month. But still, they could have released this September 30th, had two full weeks in October. And for a movie that's not being super hyped like Halloween Kill or Halloween Ends and Black Adam, two weeks is a good time, especially because it has that seasonal feeling to it. But middle of summer, okay, fine, I'll take it. Even though I definitely want to see this film, I'm not sure if it's going to be a theater watch for me, just because when everything else is taken into account, when you take in gas and the price of all the snacks and two tickets for one for me, one for my wife, of course, and at that point, why not just buy it? However, I do think if you do want to go out and watch a new movie this week, this is going to be the best chance at something being entertaining and worth your money. Hell, Elvis could be really good. It could be one of the movies of the year. Who knows? But all I do know is that I think this looks more entertaining. And even if you do end up skipping Elvis in the theaters, I don't think you'll miss much on the small screen. The only downside I can think of for the black phone is that if you look at the trailer, you can pretty much see how it's going to work out unless they come out of left field or really throw in some sort of red herring into the trailer, I think you can pretty much see where it's going to go. But fortunately, it seems like, to me at least, the story is interesting enough to make that okay. So my future friends, the black phone is the pick of the week and it gets a 9 out of 11. Well, that is it for this episode Please remember to like the podcast wherever you can, share the podcast wherever you can, give me a rating on 
Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. I would love all of the stars, please. Don't forget to check out the good friends of the show. Summit Nerdy Radio released a episode recently, so go check that out. Follow me on all my various social medias. You can find all the links in my link tree in the show notes. And my future friends, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future.